hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, it's Friday, and we got the weekend ahead. And I think this is going to be a busy weekend, going to be a busy Friday. Mm-hmm. We'll have lots to talk about tomorrow, and especially lots to talk about on Monday. But then again, there's lots to talk about today. You know, Bill, I don't know how you feel about this, and we didn't talk about this before we started the, the show, but I have in my in my bones, in my innards, I have a feeling that we're on the verge of something uh, really major in our country. And I'm not sure whether it's good. We're on the verge of something. Um, some people might use the word catastrophic. I don't know. That may be too negative. But uh, there's something going on uh, behind the scenes that uh, the pot is about to boil over. I don't know that you feel the same way. Yeah, the, you know what? And that's everywhere. I know that we're going to use it maybe tomorrow, a piece of audio. Mm-hmm. As, as somebody that did a song about the working man and all the crap that's going on with, you know, the rich man and government. And he and he calls it the, uh, you know, hard to get by in this new world, mm-hmm. which I thought the interesting choice of words there in this new world. Yeah. We are getting something shoved down our throat. It's. You know, they talk about insurrections. Uh, there's an insurrection against the people, and the people are the government, and it is by players that um, are not all duly elected. So, you know, and you know from before the show, I have very, very serious concerns about the insurrection. That the, is, is it back in the news? You know, you got Jack's, uh, Jack Smith doing everything that he's doing, and now he says... He wants to have Trump indicted by Super Tuesday. Yeah, well, actually, January 2nd is one of, when they want to start the trial, which is ridiculous. I mean, uh, you know, Trump has got to prepare for, now it's three indictments, but by maybe this afternoon it'll be four. And, it's going to be four, yeah. Yeah, and he's got a lot to do. His team has a lot to work on. And this guy, Smith, doesn't want to give him the time to do it. And by the way, with this hanging judge that they have down there in D.C., I think Smith is going to win out. I think that they're going to go to trial in January on the second. Uh, he, she's not going to cut him any slack because she's part of the whole process that's well, going on. Exactly, and she should be recused, and Jack uh, Smith should be bounced out on his keister mm-hmm. because when you look at well things from January sixth and and some of the, the the Twitter stuff and everything that Jack Smith said and used, well now it's found out that. And it's been proven, yeah, you know what? He actually didn't have his facts right. So he's going to the judge and saying, omit all these documents and don't let Trump see this. I don't know if you, you caught this yesterday, you know, this uh, shooting out in Utah, Provo. Uh, yeah, we talked uh, about that yesterday. Yeah, I, have but I, have more, I have more information on it. And uh, it's even worse, I think, than we talked about yesterday. They went out there, I think, this is what I heard yesterday, I believe it was on Glenn's show, Glenn Beck. He said that they went out there initially, and they said they wanted to talk, They not just talk to him, they wanted to come in and uh, talk, you know, have a serious conversation about these posts that he was putting on uh, social media. And I guess he said, well, you can come in if you have a warrant. They said, we'll be back with a warrant and a t- and, and, and more, something along those lines. They went back. And the next morning, I believe, at 6.15, they come by with, uh, I mean, a whole cadre of armed people with uh, uh, tactical 
gear on. That's their warrant. And they came by at 6.15 because, and this is where the interesting thing happens. They came back at 6.15 because in a tactical situation, the FBI wants the element of surprise. Okay, so they were in a shoot-and-kill situation when they came back. They came back with intent to kill, get rid of this guy, and how high up did it go? It went all the way up to Mr. Biden because somebody on the FBI, that well, former FBI agent that served on that squad said, yes, it went all the way up. He was notified, and so he knew. And how much do you want to bet that Biden didn't come back and say, go ahead and hit this well, guy? Well, I, I can tell you this. They came by with tactical gear. They had, a, they had one of those armor vehicles, armor vehicles that, uh, like an ATV. Not ATV. Uh, 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 you've seen them. They're, they use them. Uh, uh, different uh, SWAT teams will have it. You know, these big, burly, armored vehicles. And they had the lights on. All the, all the, I mean, it, it was a real show of force. They came by, they got out, they positioned themselves uh, in a, an aggressive manner, the, the FBI agents, mm-hmm. and then at, at a certain point they, they uh, threw a flashbang. You can hear it go off on the video that I they saw. They went through the front window, Boom. you know, the big well, picture they, first they, they First they tried the door and he wouldn't let him in. You know, he, he said, you, you have to show me a warrant. You can't come in. They pounded on the door, and then they took, I believe, and I could be wrong, but what Glenn Beck said was they took that armored vehicle and they hit the front window. They yeah. broke in through the front window, went in, and they shot the guy. And they also said, by the way, that they didn't hear any gunshots from him. The neighbors yeah, he, heard he, nothing. Yeah, he. well, they're going to make it out that they, look, here's the problem with all of this. The FBI self-investigates. So let's say Bill Knight goes into a liquor store. I shoot the clerk dead. I rob them, and I get into the safe, and it's grand theft. And then they go, Mr. Knight, you have been accused of murder, and you've been accused of grand theft. What do you say? Well, I did a self-evaluation, and I found that I'm guilty of none of that. Okay, that's good. See you later. I'm going to play... I'm going to play the audio. This is now you have to use your imagination, but imagine there are all types of uh, FBI vehicles on the guy's front lawn. Okay, the, forget the driveway and the street. They're on his front lawn now, positioned around his property, and they're getting ready to go in. And I think it ends with a flashbang. But I want you to see. I want you to hear at least what it sounded like just seconds before they killed the man. Okay, that flashbang was almost the signal, the beginning. You can see it go off on the video. You hear all this. You had to listen really closely, but you heard them screaming. You know, uh, I think they were giving orders to other agents, not to the guy inside the house. But you want to hear the really sad part about the whole thing. I mean, there's a lot of sad things. The guy guy was 300 pounds. I believe he was 5'4", grossly overweight, and, you know, they said he was... Uh, they called him Teddy Bear. 
That was his nickname, Teddy Bear. Uh, the neighborhood did. Uh, he was a, a pretty decent guy. Uh, they say he was a veteran. The FBI took mm-hmm. his body out to the sidewalk. Mind you, they had riddled it with bullets. They took it out to the sidewalk. Well, they left it there for two hours. Mind you, this was a neighborhood. This was uh, uh, your typical all-American neighborhood with kids and bicycles. Someone, someone said they believe it was a cul-de-sac where kids play. For two hours, the that message. body was on the sidewalk. It's a message. You know, you'll hear soldiers talking. He was a Vietnam vet, so he knows exactly what that was. And he was, he was the victim in this of, uh, of an attacking force, our own federal government. You know, because Viet Cong used to sit there and they'd kill a soldier, they'd cut his head off, and then they'd have a, a stick pole and they'd put his head on that so that when you were coming to get them, that was a message to you that that's what you had coming. This is a message for anybody that speaks out against the government in any way, whether it is just in frustration, which is what I take what he was doing. You know, yes, there is a line that you cross over where they got to come talk to you. They did go and talk to him at one point in time, but he continued the post. But, you know, this is something that happens all the time. Uh, I've seen uh, I've seen people that have made posts against Biden and they go to Facebook jail for three weeks. But, you know, when Trump came into office, not only were, was there the insurrection that went on around the Capitol there and we want to kill him. There were numerous Hollywood stars that sat there and said, oh, sure, uh, I, I want to kill Trump. Johnny Depp going, Where, where's a good sniper when you need one? You know, you you had uh, uh, you had the view they were coming out against him. All these big stars, and let alone all these little lefties going, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him. Yeah. All right. Not a damn thing happened to them. How come? Hey, how about? Well, I want to know. Tell me why hey, they should be. When when Robert De Niro got up and said, "I want to smack him in the mouth," you think the FBI, the uh, Secret Service, paid De Niro a, a visit at his home? I don't think so. No, but I guarantee if I went up and talked to De Niro and got into that argument and I smacked him in the mouth, I'd probably be arrested. Oh, for... you'd be in jail before the, you know. Yeah. You know, and I'm saying there is no justice. It is a one-party system, and they're letting us know they're getting more flagrant, more voiceful. And, you know, Trump, when he came into office, he had six to eight threats against his life every day, and not one damn thing was done about it by any of the agencies. Nobody was killed for saying, kill Trump. If you believe some of the things that I've read, forget the threats. He he had in, in his uh, presidency that we never heard about, there were attempts on his life that they yeah. don't talk about. And, he, and believe me, they don't talk about them because they don't want to encourage uh, other people to do the same thing. If they can thwart a uh, an attack... They do it, and they keep it hush-hush, you know, and, and life goes on. I've heard all sorts of things about Trump is a target. Trump is a target. Believe me, he's not, he's not just sitting out there uh, idly by. When he does these rallies, the, the preparation that goes into each one to, to uh, make sure that every uh, line of sight is, is covered so that a, a sniper can't uh, take the man out or they have uh, all these detectors that you have to go through to get into the auditorium because they they don't want people to bring in hand weapons 
or any kind of weapon. I mean, the guy, it, and even with all of those different precautions, you never know. Uh, you don't know whether you covered all the bases with all those people out there. And people are very, very tricky. I mean, they, they'll think of the darndest way to get weapons into places. So the Secret Service have their hands full. And, and you know, we, we see what's happening with uh, this, this attack on Trump. They don't want him to be the president. And if you think mm-hmm. for one second that they're going to uh, uh, idly you know, sit by while he strolls into the, the White House again, you're mistaken. I have a clip coming up in a few minutes. Uh, Tucker Carlson did his 15th episode on Twitter, which is now called X. I don't know why they mm-hmm. changed it to X, but anyway, that's the new name of Twitter, X. And uh, it's it's a fascinating 55-minute interview with uh, a guy named uh, Stephen Sun, who was the Capitol Police Chief on January the 6th. I believe he's retired and he's written a book. Uh, the guy is articulate. He's smart. He had his hands full on January 6th, not just with the demonstrators. He had his hands full with the deep state. Now I'll just leave it at that. I'm going to play this cut in a a few minutes because it's worth listening to. And again, it's a 55-minute interview, and I'm only going to play like a tenth of it, like five minutes. But it's it's worth listening to the guy. But uh, getting back to Craig Robertson, uh, this poor guy, he died for no good reason, I believe. Uh, they, You know, people say, well, the FBI didn't know whether he was going to uh, shoot back at them. Well, let me tell you something. All they had to do, you see it in movies, they could have surrounded his house. Craig Robinson, come out with your hands up. We have you surrounded. Nothing. Uh, they, he, they could have uh, turned off the electricity. They could have, you know, the air conditioning shuts off, so it would have gotten hot in the house. They could have done a number of things to get him to come out. And, you know, they didn't really try to have a discussion with the guy. No, they came there with the intent to kill. And that is the only reason. That's sad. That's disgusting. No, it is disgusting. But again, the FBI, a a former person with the FBI, and they've already confirmed that, yes, they notified Biden. Biden's plane was landing there that day. Now, they could have gone in and said, look, you know, you seem like an okay guy. But you're saying things you shouldn't say. We're going to detain you while while Biden's in town. Yeah. Well, uh, I wouldn't be happy with that, but I would be okay with it because the simple fact is they didn't harm a fellow citizen that is just speaking his mind. And how many Democrats and liberals haven't spoken their mind and said vile, mean, venomous things against Trump or other oh, sure. Republicans or MAGA they people. Have, MAGA. Or MAGA people. Yeah. The whole damn party they're 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 against. And they do it and they think it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I wanna I wanna slap that laugh right off your face when you do that. Well I really do. Well you're getting upset. And then we <laughs> we still have forty five minutes left on the show, so take a deep breath. We have lots to do. Oh, no, uh, I don't, but I, I feel bad for Craig Robertson. He was again you know, he, the guy they say had a hard time walking, which I can relate to it at this age. You know, uh, he he was uh, out of shape. He was uh, had bad knees, bad legs, walked with a cane. Can you imagine? He, they they try to make it sound like he was a sniper going to head off to Provo and attack President Biden. And yeah. the, he, you would have seen the guy. He would have been hobbling with a with a cane and a in a uh, a rifle case. I mean, is there anything more obvious? I mean. Uh, it's it's just no, ridiculous. 
Yeah, it is. You know, so, you know, bravo. Hooray for the FBI. You showed your might taking uh, on you a 75-year-old cripple, man. Way to go, man, because, I mean, that is actually a vision of precision. I don't know how these guys can sleep. These guys are great. I don't know how these guys can sleep. I don't know how they can go to bed at nighttime and think they did a good job. A good job. They killed an innocent man. They suck. They, they ought to be disbanded. The FBI, I've said it before, it needs well, to be taken down. I heard, I heard an FBI uh, whistleblower yesterday on one of the shows, a uh, mm-hmm. very smart guy. I can't think of the guy's name, but I'll think about it afterwards. It happens all the time. Uh, but the guy said, look it, I was in the FBI, spent years in the FBI. And, and uh, I think it was on Bongino's show. He said, what do you think we should do with the FBI? And the guy said, it has to be disbanded. It has to be disbanded. He said, Every, he said everybody who's there now has to be re-interviewed. They have to put in a new application. They have to be re-examined, uh, essentially, before we bring them back into government. Uh, you know what? Even the, And there's good people in there, but unfortunately, my my... Just going from a business point of view, I've I've gone in and blown out staffs and 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 you know re-interviewed people, mm-hmm. but that doesn't always work. There's always that one sob that gets through, yeah. that answers all the questions right, and he is the person that's going to stab you in the back. I'm sorry, go get a job at Wendy's, Baskin Robbins, get out of the the business of being in uh, any kind of security, because if I had any say. You're toast. I'd like, you know, I'd like to meet the guys yesterday who put that armor on and and killed that guy. Well, they they should be proud. I want to I want to find out what they were what they were thinking. How do they justify that? How do you justify doing that? This is the United States of America. This is a country that we were told was honest and decent and 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 uh, and it loved its fellow man. Okay, well, this is the type of country that we were we were told we lived in from the time we were little children when they were teaching us history. You know, we we learned about guys who fought in the Revolutionary War and and gave their lives for a country that hadn't even been put together yet. Then we t- we learned about guys in the Civil War. I, mean, I, I actually skipped a war. There was the War of eighteen twelve. That was a quickie, but they, a lot of guys gave their lives then. Then in 1860, 1861, the Civil War, a lot of guys, I mean, 650,000 men died. More people Mm -hmm. died in the Civil War than all of the other wars combined. Put them all together. The Civil War, and and yet the country grew, and, you know, we actually came together as a country. Think about it. In In less than a few decades, the South and the North were once again whole after that terrible war. Then we had World War I. We came over late in that war, but we won it for the world. A lot of guys gave their lives there. Then in World War II, we did it again. A lot of good young men who gave everything. And then, of course, we had Korea and Vietnam. And now mm-hmm. we have a country. After all of that sacrifice, after all those good people died so that we would have a country, we have a country that's being run by a bunch of criminal creeps, a bunch right. of criminal creeps who are hell-bent uh, to destroy everything good that has been s- s- done with this country. And the only guy and the only group that is standing against this 
is being attacked on a constant basis by this group, by the left, and then being made to, they make them out to be a villain, they make them out to be anti-American, and they are evil for doing that. What's going to happen if Trump doesn't win? What's going to happen if the, our side, they call it MAGA, but it's the right, it's the conservative side. If the conservative all-American side doesn't make it, this country is toast. We're done. I think it's toast already. I mean, you know, we're we're reading the writing on the wall, and you've got the ravenous uh, blue out there. They're they're feeding off this. They're thirsty for blood. You know, if you've ever had an animal that uh, a pet, maybe they got the taste of blood. You know, once an animal gets the taste of blood, it can't go back. And there's only one thing you can do to that animal: put it down. Well, you know, so just I, remember uh, the blue when they're out there sitting there doing everything they're doing and they're not using their common sense and they're not playing a fair game, you know, yeah, you know what? You can take it all, but, you know, your party's going to eat itself and you're going to create, you know, you talk about an insurrection, you talk about a war, you know, that's when you're going to all hell's going to break loose. And we are on the cusp of, of it right now. We're about ready to sit there and... Not we're going to march right into it, guns blaring. Well, you know this this guy this 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 guy in the White House, Biden is a a bad guy. He's not good for Mm -hmm. this country. He's not doing things based upon the best interest of our country. A lot of people say that because of Hunter and Joe's uh, uh, interest in the Ukraine and China, when he was vice president, all the money they made. Uh, that now they're beholding to those countries. Now they're uh, f- forced to uh, to do the bidding of the Ukraine, do the bidding of China. And if you don't believe it, just look around. I mean, just look at what what's happening right now. We we have. Uh, I just was reading. Uh, Joe wants to give another forty, 40 billion dollars in emergency spending to the Ukraine. Forty billion. Why? Because the American public, the the latest polls say that America is done with the Ukraine and giving all the money and we're going to give them another $40 billion. What do they have on Joe? Well, I mean, obviously they have a ton on Joe. I mean, you know, the thing that I don't understand is didn't Hunter and Joe, didn't they realize that the, the, the other side that was giving them all of this money when they were you know, vice president, and when they were doing these deals, didn't Joe and Hunter think that maybe they were recording everything that was being done, every transaction that was happening? Because you know right now somebody must have said to Joe, uh, Mr. President, I know we give you lots of money, but let me tell you something. We have insurance policy on you. We have videotape. We have audio tape of you agreeing to everything. If I were given these guys all that money, I would have an insurance policy. I mean, they, they must have had more cameras on those guys doing these backroom deals than uh, they have cameras at the Super Bowl. Oh, there's cameras and everything. And, you know, and that, is, that is one of the tricks of the dirty people is to get all the dirt that they can on you. And uh, I could go into a tirade on a story of uh, a person that was a friend that uh, you know went mm-hmm. to Nashville for a record convention and uh, had a fling in a hotel room mm-hmm. and then went back and some 
nobody singer came back and sat there and he got an envelope one day and there were pictures in it and going, you will play on my record. You will get me on this famous label, you know, uh, and, um, what happened? Did he, did he end up doing it? Did he get him on the label? Did he, uh, was the Uh, blackmail successful? Well, he ended up promoting uh, the record, but then I guess he ended up really realizing and, and fessing up to his wife that he had an affair. And <laughs> that was all hell because mm-hmm. at a nice house in Brea, California, I know I stayed there a few times. You know, it was, you know, when I'd go out to LA or, you know, I was their guest. But, well, and it was a tough time when he called me and he said, What do I do? And I'm sitting there going, Poop and fall back in it. I'm saying a different word because you fell in it, buddy, and you made it. Well, I, there's nothing that there's nothing you can do. You dug the hole, jump mm-hmm. in and pull the dirt over your head. Well, that wasn't very helpful to the guy. <laughs> That's not no, what he wanted uh, to hear. I'll tell you that much. We've seen each other over the years. We haven't talked much since, but you well, know. Bad. But what, <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, um, I can guarantee you that Biden right now is is being pulled by the nose by uh, the Ukraine and by China. And uh, uh, that's why I think we're on the verge of something terrible. Something big is going to happen very soon. Well, you know, people talk about the insurrection. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go into making an insurrection. And they say, well, the insurrection was based on a lie. Well, then, okay, that's great. The lie is the election was stolen. But you know what? That's never been tested. We never actually tested the fact. We've just been told. Uh, no, the election was legit. There's no lie here. No, it should have been vetted and tested, which means we should have halted that election. But what if there was an insurrection? Mm. What if the insurrection was the election itself when they stole the government? Is that not an Oh, absolutely. The- uh, that, that and- is, I think that's the, the case. You know, they talk about January 6th as being an insurrection, an mm-hmm. uprising. This is what the left says all the time. I want to play this for you right now. It's a good time to play it. This is uh, sure. this is Tucker Carlson on his Twitter platform and his Twitter program. Uh, this is the fifteenth episode. He he makes he makes the viewership on Fox look trivial. I mean, literally, Tucker will make 30, 30 million views on an episode, whereas when he had a good night at Fox, he might get four million. It's mm-hmm. hard. I know it's hard to believe for a lot of people who are older and traditionalist people who think that television networks like Fox, oh, they, they're the, the ones who command the viewership. Well, again, Twitter, m- multi-millions of viewers, and Fox, uh, uh, maybe three or four million for an episode. Uh, right. he, he has more people watching him now on Twitter than he ever could have dreamed of on Fox. I mean, anyway, with that being said, he had um, the former Capitol Police Chief, Stephen Sund, uh, on his program this week. It's a 55-minute interview, and I highly recommend this interview. Take the time, listen to the guy, hear what he has to say. There was so much important stuff in this interview, I had a hard time picking a segment that that I could put on the program because it was all so good. It was all so interesting. So I picked a little snippet, and again, there's probably better parts in Tucker's whole interview. This is Stephen's son, the uh, Capitol Police Chief on the day of January 6th. 
think about this. On January 5th, the day before the attack at 1 p.m., I think it's 1 or noon, um, I had a conference call with the leaders of all the law enforcement, um, Conti from uh, Metropolitan Police Department, uh, Steve D'Antuano, the um, director of the Washington Field Office for the FBI. Nobody from DHS was on. I hadn't thought about that. But all the law enforcement that was down there, I had the military district of Washington, General Omar Jones, on the phone with me. I had the uh, head of the National Guard, uh, William Walker, General William Walker, on the call. It was a call I coordinated. Not one person on that call talked about any concerns for the, the intelligence, the attack on the Capitol, the threats to officers um, that we were seeing that was out there. That's what's that's what's scary. And, but, and, and to be clear, do we now know for a fact that the people on that call knew about those threats and didn't mention them to you? So this is what we know um, for a fact. And I'll tell you, um, I'm not the only chief that was in the dark. You, you look at Robert Conti, head of the largest police department in Washington, D.C. He also said the same thing. He wasn't getting the same notifications like the Norfolk memo that came out the day before. He didn't get it. So Steve D'Antuano, who's the Washington Field Office um, uh, FBI. FBI director, you look at the GAO report that came out February of this year. It talks about um, multiple emails. Is the GAO report, or the, maybe and no, is a Senate report that just came out um, in July, just last month, talks about multiple emails going to Steve D'Antuano on Sunday, Monday, uh, and some probably Tuesday, just the days before, talking about the violence that they're predicting coming up to the Capitol. And I have a video call with him on that Tuesday, and nothing said about it. I mean, that's he didn't mention that's that. not a word. Not a word. So, I, not to repeat myself, but that just does not make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. Especially when you think about it. Think about this. The military, the United States military. Um, and this gets really convoluted once you get into the, the response on January 6th and how I was delayed getting resources. You have the United States military, um, Secretary of Defense, or Acting Secretary of Defense Miller, and Acting and um, General uh, Milley had both discussed locking down the city of Washington, D.C. because they were so worried about violence at the Capitol on January 6th. On Sunday and Monday, they had been discussing locking down the city, um, revoking permits on Capitol Hill because of the concern for violence. You know who issues the permits on Capitol Hills for demonstrations? I do. You know who wasn't told? Me. Instead, on January 4th, what does Miller do? He puts out a memo restricting the National Guard from carrying the various weapons, any weapons, any civil disobedience equipment that would be utilized for the very um, um, demonstrations or violence that he sees coming. It just doesn't make any sense. Wait, wait. So the military says we're so concerned about potential imminent violence that we are considering shutting down the city. But at the very same time, they decide that the National Guard can't uh, adopt an aggressive posture. Right, to right. The they're deploying because they're going to be deploying National Guard to assist Washington, D.C. with crowd control at metros and some of the traffic um, control areas. But they put this out on January 4th, specific to January 5th and 6th. And this direction affected the National Guard in Virginia and Maryland. When I was calling begging for assistance on January 6th, they, they weren't allowed to respond at first. Look at um, uh, uh, Governor Hogan. He did a press conference saying he was begging to respond and he was not being denied by the Pentagon, all because of the memo. So uh, why? You know, you, be, you, be, you begin to wonder why, and especially when you look at, at things like something that I, I recently came across, when you talk about the military. Um, General Milley, you know, we're now uh, now finding out, and it's not, not from me, this is from Carol Lenning, you know, investigative reporter with the Washington Post, has found that he was using data miner on his own, coming across intelligence. To, to tell us what data miner is. So data miner is an intelligence platform. It's not something your average citizen would have on their uh, computer. I, I guess it goes in and does um, um, crawling across webs. I'm not really sure how it works. Yes. But it's not your. It's a. It's an intelligence platform. 
He's picking up intelligence talking about killing members of Congress and attacking the United States Capitol. And he's not telling me. He's telling select members of Congress. I mean, Carol Lenning writes about it in her book. Um, that's concerning as hell because as the chief of police, you know, he's, there's a duty to warn there. And I should be told so I can take the necessary action. I don't know who else he was telling, but he sure wasn't telling me. That's Stephen's son, and that's just a snippet of the 55-minute interview with Tucker Carlson, episode 15, if you're looking for it, uh, and it's out right now on what was Twitter and is now called X. Okay, X sparks yeah. the spot. What's yeah. interesting okay. about that was they were concerned about the riots to a point where they were considering closing down D.C., shutting the city down. That's what they was they were talking about. But at the same time, they issued an order saying no weapons of aggression, meaning no guns, right. no uh, tasers, no, nothing that showed that you were out there to protect the city. I guess they just expected the people to go out there and stand there. Well, take that into accord. Take into accord that Trump offered days before to Pelosi having uh, 20, what was it, 20,000 National Guards yeah. out there or yeah. something like that? Yep. And no, 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 we don't need it. But there were meetings of Pelosi and Schumer and Schiff. And mm -hmm. the, the Schiff show, I guess, wrote out the, the script. This was a staged land event trump even had a tweet at the time you know a message he recorded that never got out there i think we played it the other day but he sat there and told the people to go peacefully now the the scholars and the professors say well you know uh when things happened he well, was quiet for two hours he was quiet because you wouldn't sit there and air his message that he said to be peaceful here's what he said I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. And, you know, the network should have aired that live, live. And they they wouldn't do it. Should have, should have, would have. But, they, yeah, they didn't do it. And that's that's a travesty there, that what they did. But, you know, there's so many things, you know, when you get around this insurrection and what it is and what they say. And, you know, I got a lot. I could talk for two hours on the insurrection. Mm. But... Uh, well, you know, when you have the, the chief of the police at the Capitol being left in the dark, and, you know, he said he made, I believe he said, 31 phone calls trying to get action, trying to get permission. He wanted the National Guard sent up. This is the, the chief of police. Mind you, the president has said, we want to send the National Guard, and Pelosi dismissed that. Finally, one of the guys said to the chief of police, look, at, uh, I'll— Send it up the chain of command. This is during the mm -hmm. up the quote uprising, right? 
this is while it's all happening outside. I'll run it up the chain of command. And I, Tucker, I believe, says, well, what was the chain of command? And the guy lists a few people, but the last people on that chain were Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi. Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi. Their fingers are all over this thing. These people yeah. knew what was going on. Nancy Pelosi in particular. She knew it was. No, I take that back. I'm not going to cut any slack at all. Mitch McConnell did too. Uh, yeah, it's all the. Yeah, you know, we got a snake that's got multiple heads, and yeah. they all were risen. You could see them all, mm -hmm. and they were all there. They're players, you know. And they say insurrection. What is it? It's 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 uh, an action that's uh, a planned stage attack on our country by people in our country. Yeah, yeah, and they, they, whatever the established government is. So there was an insurrection. Let's not be, let's not lie about that. And it does need to be investigated, not on TV, not by the Democrats, and probably not by the Republicans, by but by an independent, you know, nonpartisan group to come in and say, yeah, there was. And let's go back a few weeks or days before the quote unquote insurrection. And I guess you're going to find, I'm, I'm, uh, actually, I would bet, you're going to see all the evidence that leads to Nancy and Schumer, you know, and McConnell and everything, that this was a planned staged event. Oh, big time. And that they they sat there, they wanted to paint this on the guy. And now you got Republican scholars out there out of Chicago saying, well, you know, Trump is automatically disqualified yeah. because... Uh, out of Chicago. Uh, yeah. Yeah, out of, out of that, uh, the Fourteenth Amendment, uh, Section Three. Yeah, the, yeah, it does say that. But then again, you know, we didn't sit there and vet this insurrection. You know that it was based on a lie. Well, let's go ahead and let's go back and challenge that election and make sure that it's properly vetted. Because if it was a phony election, well, now you got a horse of a different color. But they don't want to do that. Just take their word for it. We tell you that nothing went wrong here. Well, and we're absolutely right. But you know what? The, the mail is proof positive, yeah. you know, that we didn't have the capacity to do things by mail then. And we don't have it now. There's stories out of Boston where mail is not being delivered now. And then if you go back and if you do a Google search, mail can't be delivered. Guess what? It predates the election. And yet we relied on the mail for mail inbounds. Well, safe. you know, uh, I, I remind people of this. When President Trump was speaking, when he said go peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol, that was a 25-minute walk from where he was to the Capitol. While he was saying this to the group in Washington that were watching him speak, the large crowd, there was already a group up at the Capitol breaking windows. But they yeah. don't tell you this. It was already happening at the Capitol. But they try to lump it all together and make you believe that uh, it was those people who went up and caused the problem. They didn't. It wasn't them. It was people who were up there. They were already in position. They were already staged. You know, this guy's son says, uh, you know, I can't figure this out. He said they were... Some, uh, I guess they sent some uh, elements of the New Jersey State Police down to help the, the, the police at the Capitol. 
and they actually arrived at the Capitol before, I guess, local police got to the Capitol. I mean, he said it was the most confusing thing to see New Jersey State Police had had arrived. They'd driven from New Jersey to the Capitol before elements of local mm-hmm. police had come to help the uh, Capitol Police. I mean, it 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 was so staged. And, and another thing, before I forget this, because you know, in one ear at the, at the other, uh, we talk about the January sixth committee. How they right. were they were prime time programming for the longest time when they were uh, up there trying to crucify Trump and the MAGA people when they were trying to present a fraudulent story to the world and I say fraudulent because anybody who paid a lick of attention knows it wasn't what they were telling us okay but all of that stuff that was staged all of the witnesses all of the uh, uh, the testimony all of the private conversations. The, all of the information they used to get the stuff out to the committee, all of that stuff was destroyed. All of that yeah. stuff mysteriously was uh, obliterated from the, the landscape of politics. It's gone. It's gone. So forget forget trying to, uh, to use any of that stuff. It's not there anymore. Well, let me ask you a question. Let's say that you got a trial and all of a sudden – you know, the, the prosecution comes in and goes, yeah, we lost some of our evidence. Could you just kind of forget about it and don't tell the other side about it? Would that be cause for a mistrial? And oh, absolutely. Case? Well, Jack Smith is doing that right now over tweets and everything else from things he accused Trump yeah. of. He's, he's realized, oh, my, well, my foot's in the water here. Uh, Judge, could you just kind of overlook this stuff and throw it out and not let the other side see it. It's it's news. This weasel that you talk about, Smith, um, he he had a secret search warrant for Trump's Twitter account. Exactly. Yeah. Secret. You're saying, well, what's a secret? Uh, well, it, the secret was he wanted the court to issue a search warrant, but not tell That's Trump's exactly lawyers. It. Not, That's illegal. Don't tell the other side, Your Honor. We want this to be private between the court and between the prosecution. It's illegal because they want to set him up with evidence. That's why they want to do this thing by by Super Tuesday. They want to hit, and they're hitting him with new charges today, at least two to three charges again today. They're going to stack this stuff up, and it's stuff that they're not going to have time, the other side, to go over and say, oh, this is BS. Here's why. They're going to throw it at him, so they go, uh, duh, well, we need time to look this over. You have no time. Yes or no, you did it or you didn't. Oh, you say you didn't? Well, we say you did. Guilty. Yeah, this is, this is uh, I don't know what you call this that. This is illegal. This is a crime, what it they're doing. It is a crime. But you know what? You know, And this all goes to the insurrection thing. This country was founded on an insurrection, a rebellion against the authority and power. The Civil War was an insurrection. The Republican Party wasn't around then, but can you hold a party accountable for an insurrection? I believe you can. Actually, Democratic it was party around. Was, he was, I think Lincoln was the first Republican president. Uh, but then well, actually, uh, the Republican Party was founded in the 1850s. Yeah, so it was Lincoln who was, uh, the Civil War was uh, 1861. So, um, Yeah, okay. But, you know, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Bill, uh, there are people on our side fighting every day to make this wrong right, one of the guys is a guy named Matt Gates. 
and I know you see him, uh, he's a young guy, yeah. he's on TV a lot, he's articulate, but he is uh, doing his best to, to save our country, I believe. He had an idea, and he posted this idea, he proposed this idea on Charlie Kirk's podcast. Charlie Kirk is a is a, a guy who really knows uh, Washington, and he's right. a, a conservative. And uh, it's a, it's it's kind of a long cut, but I think we can play it. Uh, yeah. it, it well, let me just clear up the one thing on the Republican Party, though. They were not a factor during the Civil War. You have the Federalists, well, the Anti-Federalists, the Democrats mm-hmm. left and right of the aisle. So the Republicans really, okay, Lincoln well, was a Republican. Lincoln. They didn't have a say. Lincoln was a big factor in the Civil War. But we yeah. could talk the Civil War for a whole episode. Yeah, he was a big factor, but yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't against the government. Oh no, know, no, 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 no! Uh, it was the, it was the Democrats. It was the Democrats. Yeah, the, so the, the Southern Democrats. It's, it's an illegitimate party, then. Well, you would think so, but uh, you know, one thing about Lincoln is he for he 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 wanted to forgive and mend, uh, and he wanted his successor if anything were to happen to him. And that throws the 14th Amendment out the window. Well, his idea was you're not going to get a country healed if you uh, isolate people. Uh, But anyway, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, Matt Gates Gates was on Charlie Kirk's show, and he has an idea. I want you to listen to Matt Gates' idea. It's interesting, and it's a way maybe to get around all these uh, uh, indictments. Congressman, welcome to the program. You have a rather creative idea regarding Donald Trump testifying. I don't even quite understand it, so walk us through it. Yeah, I don't know if it's all that creative. Let's start here. If Congress does not assert its equities in this Jack Smith matter, those equities will dissolve. Right now, my worry is that too many of my colleagues in Congress think, well, this is an ongoing matter, so we just have to allow it to play out. And it's the same loser mentality that infected much of the Congress in the early days of the Robert Mueller investigation. Obviously, we proved that to be the fraud that it was. And not for nothing, Charlie, but you got to see this guy, McGonagall, who was on the ground floor of the investigation to accuse Trump of working with Russia has now pled guilty to working with Russia. But back to this matter, here's what we ought to do, and we shouldn't make it that complicated. First, we should tell Jack Smith that he has to show up and give a transcribed interview to the House Judiciary Committee in the next 15 days. If he doesn't do that, we should issue a subpoena. If he ignores the subpoena, we should hold him in criminal contempt of Congress and force him to be the first prosecutor to bring a case while under criminal contempt himself. And if Merrick Garland won't enforce that criminal contempt, then he subjects himself to an impeachment of the House. So it would be an attorney general under impeachment, a prosecutor under contempt. And I think that frames what's going on better than just sitting back and hoping we hear no evil, see no evil, and speak no evil as this plays out. Because if we grant the premise, Charlie, that this is an ongoing legitimate matter, then it just builds into it the, the the notion that it is law enforcement activity and not election interference. Congress has equities at play with election interference. We ought to do that. Simultaneous to that, you can actually bring President Trump in to give testimony to the Congress and in doing so, immunize him. 
Now there's different forms of immunity that take place at the committee level, subcommittee level. In some instances, for full immunity, you have to have um, more of a supermajority vote. But if you had a supermajority vote of a committee, like Speaker McCarthy could set up a select committee tomorrow that could bring Trump in and immunize him. And then we could proceed with the very legitimate investigative work that we're doing of the Bidens and the corrupt DOJ. Unfortunately, none of those things are happening. Instead, Congress is is not in, in Washington, not assembled. And I, I think the timing is on purpose. No timing in D.C. is ever just, you know, a, uh, a mere coincidence. And so right as Congress is leaving town, right as we're walking away from our equities, uh, you see this acceleration of activity against Trump. So, so yeah, let's be specific here, though. So immunize him from what crimes, even if he's under current indictment? Is that including even the obstruction claims? And give us some examples of how this has been used recently. Well, it hasn't been used recently, but obviously we're aware of the ability for any person to plead the fifth. You can dissolve someone's ability to plead the fifth if you immunize them. And so Congress has this ability that's been recognized. It's even laid out in uh, 18 USCA 6002 and 6005, if folks want to look it up. But uh, there, you've got the ability to say, well, uh, we're hereby compelling your testimony. Uh, We're giving you immunity for anything you say to us and anything that that would lead to. And so, for example, if President Trump came in and said, I'm here to give you testimony uh, about the witch hunt, the abuse of criminal process, that Congress has a legitimate oversight equities to resolve. Uh, and if he were to say things to us, um, we could immunize him for that conduct that he were to discuss. Does it, does Again, it take a vote it's or does it happens? But these are not these are usual times. Is it a committee vote? Is it the whole House that has to vote on immunization? And when was the last time the statute was used? I don't know when the last time it was used. I can say it could be any committee or subcommittee that can uh, grant immunity. So we could even bring him into the subcommittee chaired by my good friend and colleague, Andy Biggs, the crime subcommittee uh, that has jurisdiction over some of these activities of the Department of Justice. And if Trump were to essentially become a whistleblower, a whistleblower, you have to think about it almost like whistleblower protections. Uh, Trump, the ultimate whistleblower, uh, potentially uh, the beneficiary of congressional immunity on some of the information. Wait, wait, so, so hold, hold on. I just want to make sure I understand this. So that Donald Trump could be called in, let's say, by the Andy Biggs Committee or whatever, or the Weaponization of Government Committee, which obviously he's a subject matter expert. And as long as he is giving whistleblower testimony on each one of the charges against him, that would effectively neuter the Department of Justice from being able to consent to continue to pursue charges against him. Am I understanding this correctly? It's a little more nuanced than that, Charlie. Uh, you're immunized for the statements you make and the conduct that that uncovers. You know, if uh, if pre- you know, we're we're talking in hypotheticals. If President Trump had committed a murder somewhere, uh, I don't know that giving testimony about the weaponization of the federal government would uh, immunize that type of conduct. But I think, particularly where you've got Jack Smith trying to fashion. Uh, the actions the president took while in office to try to uh, evaluate and investigate information that was coming across his desk. Uh, You could certainly immunize him for that. So I think that the areas where we could provide the broadest immunity for President Trump would be around the conspiracy charges, the the deprivation of rights charges. It's almost hard to say with a straight face uh, that Jack, Jack Smith has brought. In fact, 
it was the FBI doing the most to deprive people of their rights when they had agents meeting with Facebook, Meta, Twitter, all these technology companies to try to get the Hunter Biden laptop story just scrubbed from the entire information domain during the 2020 presidential contest. So that would be a specific area where I think we could neuter the deprivation of rights and conspiracy charges in the Jack Smith indictment if we brought President Trump in for whistleblower testimony. And so potentially Donald Trump could come in as a whistleblower and blow the whistle on what was happening up in the events of leading up to January 6th. Nancy Pelosi didn't want to give troops, you know, because a lot of the the indictment is centered around the events that lead up to that. And so, but I just, I see no downside here. So you're gonna have to walk me through this, Matt. What you're saying is interesting. I don't know if it'll stand up in court, but it's certainly worth a try. And this is exactly the type of thing we need as the Department of Justice is using the Democrat super PAC. Why wouldn't we try to offer Donald Trump immunity and force the hand of the Department of Justice, especially on the conspiracy charges and the January 6th related stuff? Is there any downside here? I, I don't quite, I don't quite see a negative. Well, in theory, the downside of bringing anyone before Congress to give testimony is that if you say something that is material and that is not accurate, that can create a cascade of, of follow-on charges. So it's, it's never something that you typically think of as a first step to try to bring people into Congress to give testimony because it's not typically something people enjoy a great deal. But in this case, I think we misunderstand the fight that we are in. Right now, you have the Department of Justice is functioning as the enforcement wing of the Democratic Party. And in a lot of ways, what you're seeing now is set up by Eric Holder and Barack Obama because they got some of their most talented political operatives and they gave them uh, the ability to bring charges. They turned them into prosecutors that are now career prosecutors and above reproach. But the reality is these are these are left wing, oftentimes Soros aligned and trained uh, killers. And they're coming after our people, our movement uh, and our president. And I think that if Congress just uh, accepts this premise that it's an ongoing matter and thus we shouldn't be involved, then you underscore the legitimacy of that very matter. That's where I'm in the minority of the majority. I want to be very clear with you, Charlie. Uh, Most Republicans in Congress just think we ought to throw our hands in the air and allow the chips to fall where they may. I think that is a tremendous disservice to the Constitution when we are facing an election in interference operation, not a legitimate prosecution. Look, we need every creative idea. This is not a legitimate indictment of Donald Trump. It's not a legitimate investigation. We need to reject the premise. And so what you're saying, Matt Gates, is most of your Republican colleagues are gutless wonders and don't want to deal with this. But what we should do is we should have Donald Trump come in, force him to testify, immunize him, and then force a constitutional issue. I'm fully in support of that. There is no other option, everybody. We're just going to sit around and hope that a rigged D.C. jury and zip code justice and the interference of an election. No, no, no. It's time to fight fire with fire. Let's fight back. Matt Gates is out. Look, I don't know if it's going to stand up in court. You got to try. I think it's a great idea. And if you're wondering, okay, what what does he mean by all this? Well, they, they have President Trump testify in front of Congress. He has immunity to testify to me. Anything he says uh, is... Can't be held against him. Exactly right. So then people... Say, well, what are you going to ask? What questions are you going to ask him? You take the all of the indictments out there that they have filed against Trump, 
They go and, away. And you, you, you tailor your questions answering every single point in these indictments in front of Congress. Mm-hmm. When he answers all these things in front of Congress, they can't bring him up on those charges anymore because right. he's, he's got immunity from Congress. And I think, right. that, I, think it's a, I think it's a great idea. I think Trump should do it. But the problem is, you heard what he said at the very end, there are a lot of spineless, gutless uh, Republicans in Congress, too, who just want to go along to get along. You know, and, what- yeah, and that's the problem, you know, and, and Trump knows that. He's, he's worried about it. Republicans don't do anything. They're not the party of 1850. They're the party of uh, 2023, you know bend over and take it up the wazoo and that's what a republican does and, well you know the democrats love it the 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 republicans have always been uh the less confrontational look at right. look at the democrats i mean they they walk in lockstep lockstep about everything i mean you'll hear people like Manchin who you think oh, okay he's moderate uh he's probably not going to vote for what the democrats are proposing because it's way too a, a leftist but yet when push comes to shove Normally, he falls in line because he's a Democrat, and that's what Democrats yeah. do. They 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 support the party, right or wrong. You support your party, and you know you go for it. You know it's yeah. like it's like celebrating a bad call in football because it favors your team. You know, and that's that's what Democrats do. That's what they're about. It's not about you know democracy. Uh, well, you know they always say my democracy. It is their democracy. Yeah. And they are willing to give up their soul. You know as well as I do. Democracy. You know as well as I do that this judge, all of these mm-hmm. judges, except for this Eileen Cannon down in Miami, she may be uh, the outlier. But most of the other people, the guy up in New York, the one in Washington, it's almost predetermined how they're going to rule. I mean, they're going to rule in favor of uh, Jack Smith. It, yeah. It's before a, a scintilla of evidence has been. Laid on the table, they're gonna. You know, they're gonna vote against Trump because they don't like Trump. Heck, the one in in D.C. was a financial supporter of the Biden administration. She donated to Biden and uh, right. company. Uh, anyway, we're almost done. I should point out, Bill, that I have one little clip I'm going to play for you because we need to leave today with a little bit of a smile. Okay. Okay. A friend of mine sent me this. Uh, it's only a short clip, but it. Uh, it, it tells you what we're dealing with or who we're dealing with in the Oval Office right now. Lying Joe Biden. So many lies, so little time. Lying Biden lied about his grades. Ended up in the top half of my class. I graduated with three degrees. Ended up near the bottom of his class and won only one degree. Biden lied about marching in the civil rights movement. When I marched in the civil rights movement, I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. Biden lied about making foreign deals with his son, Hunter. I've never discussed my business or their business. About getting arrested. I had the great honor of being arrested with our U.N. ambassador on the streets of Soweto. I guess I, I wasn't arrested. And about trying to cut Social Security. No, I did not talk about the need to cut any of those programs. When I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. For decades, lying Biden's been lying through his teeth. In fact, those might be a lie, too. What's lying Biden trying to hide? I am telling the truth. Sure you are, Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's what we're dealing with in the Oval Office right now. Here and mentioned the other day, 
about his seven grandchildren. Now he's including uh, Navy Roberts as his seventh grandchild, finally. Uh, he made some comment about uh, all of his grandchildren are now protected by Secret Service. Isn't that great? And he smiled and giggled. I'll bet you she doesn't have uh, Secret Service no, protection. No, no. He's, he's lying there again. He lies yeah. about everything. Boy, he uh, loves the, it. Yeah. He, he's good at it, Bill. He's a, he's really a master, you know. It's going to be interesting to see what takes place today and goes on this weekend. I'm also watching, you know, the weather has been kind of crazy. And and I see what's going on in Hawaii. Whole towns burned to the ground it, like a bomb went off there. Yeah, what is this, you know? Bill? What is it? What's going I on don't with feel that? comfortable with it because I'm almost to the point of thinking there's something not right with this. Oh, you know, it was a Category 4 uh, hurricane that uh, was several hundred miles away, but it caused the fires. What fires? Now, if it was from volcanoes, I would get it. But no, this is not from volcanoes. This is from, what, sparks that came in the air from a, a hurricane? I don't think so. Uh, you know, we had all the smoke here. There was something going on with that, and they were circle fires. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get fires in Hawaii, and they're going, well, you know, if we do this, it could do this, and maybe it, it'll get it, in the wind. Like, like you said, it, it, it's like they're surprised where this fire came from, the residents. No, I, yeah, they are too. And I'm sitting there going, those fires were set. They they probably anticipated the winds from that hurricane to mm-hmm. whip them up and carry the smoke, but it got out of hand, and we burned down some beautiful cities yeah. that were vacation destinations, gone, off the map. Wow. But you know what? Don't worry, friends, because you and I get to pay for all of this. No, 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 no. That money's going to the Ukraine bill. Didn't you hear? I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah we're yeah, sending it to yeah. the Ukraine. Yeah, you know what? Why don't we send Joe Packett? Why don't we just do that? (laughs) Now I'm going to have the FBI at the door. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, listen, uh, if you want to contact us, don't knock knock on the door. Just call us at 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. You crack yourself up. I do. I think I'm funny as heck. (laughs) (laughs) Mail at itsanotherday.com. It's like in the morning I look in the mirror and I say, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the most beautiful of all? Of all? And he goes, my God, man, you're a beautiful man. And I have to shake my head and agree, yes. <laughs> my, I'm a beautiful man. I am, mine doesn't say that. It just giggles. Anyway, yeah. um, listen, have a great day. Uh, we're going to do another little uh, show tomorrow, an update program on the weekend. Peace, we're back. Yep, 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 but yep. Uh, we, we can't leave. We cannot leave without uh, Mr. William Knight, Bill Knight. Doing his traditional ending. Mr. Master La Vista, baby. We out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. 
Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>